Welcome back to Is It Horror? I'm Brianna. I'm Joe. I'm Mitz. And I'm Steve. And unfortunately, Matt will not be joining us this week, but hopefully he will be back for our next episode. He is sorely missed. That's fine. He smells funny. <laughs> I am sore, though. I mean, I did share a room with the guy for a lot of years, and yeah, I mean, he smells. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. Somewhere he's listening to this and he's crying, and then he'll have to punch me in the gut next time we see each other. So it's fine. It all works out. <laughs> So, for those of you who haven't joined us before, the general idea is we will take a film that's status as horror is somewhat contested, and we're going to analyze the hell out of it and try and decide if we think whether it qualifies as horror or not. So, uh, you can check out quite a few of our episodes that we've got already, and uh, thanks for joining us if this is your first time, and if you've joined us before, awesome, thanks for coming back. You should tell people about it. One of the things that I think is kind of interesting, looking at our statistics on who our listeners are, is we actually have a bunch of listeners from other countries, um, Denmark, France, Australia, UK, and sometimes I always wonder myself, how did these people hear about us, and how did they come to the right. show? So if you happen to be one of those people, you should reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Drop us a line. Tell us, tell us how you found out about us. So, anyway, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Before we get into the movie for this episode, we're going to go to everyone's favorite corner. It's Joe's Get to Know You Corner. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the corner where nobody puts a baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, or something like that. I don't a know. A baby. <laughs> any, yeah, any baby, I guess. But... Okay, uh, well, my I have two questions. We'll start with the first one. Thinking about this, uh, this movie, The Terminator, we talked about how there's a couple people who have the honor, I guess, of being killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a predator. So I was curious who you guys would rather face, a Terminator, an alien, or a predator? I mean, for me, it's none of the above. I think I've discussed this before and been very candid about the fact that I do not do cardio. I do not run. I'm going to be the first girl killed in a horror film, hands down. <laughs> I'm going to go with Terminator because there's not a lot of running. He usually just kind of creeps up on you in a bar after you've had a decent drink. Like, I feel like, you know, he's got some good aim. I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to go with Terminator because I'm definitely going to die and I'm not running. <laughs> That's fair. For me... <laughs> I have no chance against any of these things. Like, I'm just dead. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just not going well Yay, for me. team dead. Woo! <laughs> I, <laughs> the thing I decided on with that is I think I'd maybe prefer going up against an alien or xenomorph. Uh, and the reasons for that were, I don't know, it's sort of a, the stakes are a little higher, but there's maybe a slightly better chance because, like, I think being killed by a xenomorph is probably the worst way to go. Because you'll... Agreed. Yeah, you, you can get get implanted with a face hugger and then have something burst out of your chest and it's slow and drawn out and terrible. But xenomorphs are also afraid of fire. So, and, like, that was, like, the only thing I could really think of, like, weakness-wise um, that any of those might have, really. Unless I had a giant 
machine shop with a huge press that I could put a Terminator in, I guess. <laughs> or a bunch of mud to smear over myself, I suppose. But yeah, anyways. And I Alien is my favorite world as far as those go anyway. So yeah, I guess Alien. I think I would pick Terminator. Just Predator's terrifying. I would definitely freeze in the fight fight or flight thing. I would be the freezer for Predator. Same with Alien. Alien's a little bit less scary to me. Um, but I feel like Terminator... I mean, obviously, if he found me, I would be one shot, one kill. But he'd have to find me first. And he's not very good at tracking, in my opinion. So if I just hopped on a plane to, like, Australia, I just bought myself 10 years. Because he has to look in phone books, so. I mean, there's a 10 out of 10 chance that, like, something would kill you in Australia because it's Australia, though. That's true. I, right. You know, I Australia probably actually is bought myself less time. It's just engineered to kill you as far as places go. <laughs> it is the perfect killing machine, geologically speaking. It is the Terminator. It's the Terminator of countries, yeah. <laughs> da, 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 and it comes full circle. Okay, so here is the reason. Here's what I chose and why I chose it. I chose the alien. And the reason why is twofold. First part, the Terminator and the Predator are both thinking they have some form of sentience, they are reasoning, they can hunt me, they can look for me, and if they've decided to kill me, they're going to continue to try to find me to kill me, right? So there's that part. The second part, every alien movie has one thing in common, and that is you have to isolate whoever your main cast is with the alien. You stick them on a space station in a really you know, inhospitable planet, you put them on another spaceship, uh, you're always trapped with the alien. And the reason why is because the alien doesn't give a shit about you. It's just doing its thing. It's doing its life cycle, right? A spider doesn't care about you either. And if I run into a xenomorph somewhere in my hometown, I'm going to jump in my car and drive away. And that alien doesn't give a shit about me. It's never going to look for me. It doesn't care about me. It's never coming after me. So I'm going up against the alien 10 out of 10 times if it's just me in my town. That's a good point. It's a good answer. This is a fair strategy. Okay. Yay, I win, maybe. Unless it, you know, unless I'm the person <laughs> the first act that discovers there's aliens. Then I'm pretty <laughs> right. much toast. Yeah. Are you final girl material? Be honest. Well, I'm not a girl, so that's points against me. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I think you could do it. I appreciate that. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know, is I think it's part of being a guy when you're at least in your 20s and hopefully you grow out of it. Some of us don't where you sit there and you say, "Yeah, I've got a beer belly and I can't do a sit-up to save my life, but I'm pretty sure that if I was in the matrix I could kill everyone with no problem." <laughs> totally. But I like to think I've grown out of that. So same as Joe. Yeah, I'd be dead one-on-one -on -one, toe-to-toe with any of these with no escape route. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any, anything else to add on all that? Not on mine. Okay. Second question then. There's a bunch of Terminator movies out there right now. So what is your favorite Terminator movie and why did you pick Terminator 2? I mean, obviously, it is Terminator 2, <laughs> for right. obvious reasons. <laughs> what are your obvious reasons for it? Oh, God. You know, I'm a sucker for, like, 
quippy kids, and Edward Furlong was perfectly cast uh, in that particular movie. Also, can we talk about how mind-blowing those special effects were, especially for their time? Like, I'm a, I'm a cheapskate, so I did not, you know, buy number T2 after I watched the original. But I rewatched the preview, and even in the preview, I was like, oh my god, that's so freaking cool! And it was, what, like, 91? 90, 90, maybe? 91. Anyway, I just thought it was superior. Better acting, better script. Sarah Connor was a freaking badass, instead of, like, seeing the, you know, Going from pink waitress into badass womanhood. I don't know. It's just, it was a delightful romp. Yeah, yeah. Seeing where Sarah Connor's at at this point is really awesome. And she's a really cool final girl. Yeah, full on crush on Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Like that whole, her breaking out of the asylum oh, sequence. Amazing. I mean, that was worth the price of admission alone. I liked the other, the part where she's uh, like kind of getting really dramatic about like what's coming and like everybody's dead and everybody's going to die. And then her, her son's, and then John's just like, whoa, calm down, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just to echo that Terminator 2 is definitely my favorite of them as well. It's just a great movie on so many levels. And I think the other thing it has over the other Terminator movies is it still kind of maintains like that whole is there is there destiny or can you change the future kind of thing whereas the other movies all answer that question but this one leaves it open-ended because like did they change it we don't know and so you kind of get to choose as the audience so that part of it's great and it's just an awesome road movie the special effects are really good there's especially if you're watching the extended edition there's some deep contemplation on the nature of our species and you know i don't know it's it's a good movie it's a really good movie yeah, just solid all the way around. And liquid if you're, you know, the T-1000. This is the only one I've seen. The original is the only one I've seen. And the only other one I'd be interested in seeing is Terminator 2. Because there's just so many iconic lines that I don't understand until I watch that one. All right, you have homework. After this is over, <laughs> yes. you're watching Terminator 2. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, prereq. <laughs> and i would say go on you can skip some of the other ones but i do like dark fade as well i think it's a good kind of end cap to sarah's story myself but yeah i agree with that it's i know that a lot of people had problems with it but i also feel like a lot of people just didn't go check it out because of how rough the other ones had gotten but dark fade is really good and yeah it works i think pretty well as a trilogy of sarah connor stories but anyway, if you hadn't guessed, the movie that we're doing is going to be The Terminator 19, from 1984, so the original film. All right, sorry, forgot we didn't announce that yet. That is okay, because they clicked on it and they saw the title of the episode, didn't you? Yes, you did, listener. I know you did. <laughs> we'll uh, give you a little bit of background, but also, so this was a listener-selected episode. We had a special request that we should do The Terminator, and so... Here we are bringing that to you. Uh, it was directed by James Cameron. So other movies by him would be Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator 2, of course, we've already talked about. And then as far as highest grossing movies, at least, you know, high up on the list of highest grossing movies of all time, we've got Titanic and Avatar. So if you haven't heard of James Cameron, chances are you have watched and possibly obsessed over at least one of his films. So there's that. 
Let's see. And then uh, just an interesting fact on this that I always find kind of interesting is he co-wrote this with Gail Ann Hurd, and they were married at the time. And then not too long after this movie came out, he got married to Linda Hamilton. So he, uh, both of the women that were a big part of the Terminator franchise were wives of his at one point. Uh, Gail Ann Hurd, she is a fairly big film producer. Um, of course, she worked on Terminator as far as the writing credits, but also as a producer. And then she was also a producer on Aliens and Armageddon, uh, Tremors, Punisher. And then the biggest thing right now is that she is one of the producers on The Walking Dead. So, you know, she's pretty big in Hollywood. And then normally I would give the description of the movie, and I will a little bit, but Joe and I are going to tag team that a bit. And Joe's got the first part of your description now. Yes. Um, so the story of a girl just trying to live her life, do her job, have fun with friends, but finds herself on the wrong side of a killer who is unnaturally strong, specifically driven, and seemingly unkillable. She has a previously unknown to her ally who has armed himself as best as he can and is, to the best of his abilities, trying to protect her. He has a much more specific knowledge of this foe, of this foe's motives, and his likely course of action. He is, in the end, able to keep her alive, making her our final girl. Throughout this experience that our heroine is forced to endure, many of the people closest to her are killed by this unstoppable monster, including her best friend and her best friend's boyfriend. The killer is seemingly defeated, but we are left with a distinct feeling that is not over, and there are more horrors to come. Oh, uh, sorry. That was actually the plot of Halloween. My mistake. Da -da 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 -da. Rude. The old bait and switch. <laughs> Damn it, Joe. <laughs> but uh, to fill in a little bit more of the gaps on that plot line, of course, uh, you've got, in this case, the helper person trying to keep Sarah Connor, our final girl alive, is Kyle Reese, who's coming from the future, a future in which machines have taken over, and uh, you've got Skynet at the lead of that, who has eradicated all of humanity through nuclear war, at least most of them, and there's a small contingent of survivors, and luckily they have been able to defeat Skynet, but in a last-ditch effort, Skynet has sent a Terminator, a robot that is human flesh over a metal endoskeleton, back in time to kill Sarah Connor to stop her from being able to give birth to the leader of humanity, John Connor. If you don't know this story, I'd be surprised because this is, you know, one of those classic films that most people have seen. But, of course, Kyle and Sarah are able to defeat the Terminator and survive, although at the cost of Kyle's life. But it turns out that Kyle was the father of John Connor all along. What? What? Oh, Who saw Scandal. that? Con? So, anyway, we've already talked about some of the similarities, even in the description to horror movies, but let's see where everybody weighs in on this one. Is it horror? Is it not horror? Where do you come in at? Mm, super duper not horror, even though Joe is very sneaky with the Halloween bait and switch deal. But no, this, uh, <laughs> this is an action movie. It does have uh, – it uses horror tropes consistently throughout the whole thing. But this is – I'm sorry. This is not horror. I think that's a fair assessment and I wouldn't, you know, 
I, I mean, I'm going to argue it a little bit throughout this because I did land on that it could be called horror. I, I think it's an action sci-fi horror. And I kind of go, my personal rule is if the top three descriptors can include horror, then I'm willing to call it horror. That all being said, I do think it leans a little heavier on the action and sci-fi um, things. But for me, it it has too many roots in horror and slasher movies for me to discount that too much. So my vote's horror. Uh, last 20 minutes, definitely horror. Uh, everything else, not horror. So I'm going to go with not horror. This one was a real tough one. I I kind of wanted it to be horror. I hadn't seen it in, I don't know, a couple years or so. It's never been that long since I've watched Terminator. But uh, it had been a little bit, and I was just thinking about it in retrospect, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, for sure, that movie is definitely horror. And I was watching some videos, reading some stuff up on it, and I was thinking, yeah, for sure. But then watching through it, I it's so close. It's it's really so close for me, but I'm going to I got to go with that it's not horror. So, let's get into why. Wanted to talk at least first off about some of the intent with the creative team. And uh so the Halloween comparison that really does make a lot of sense. You have James Cameron who so his first movie that he was working on was Piranha 2 The Spawning, which he actually got fired from, but he was pretty sick while working on that or just after working on that. Um, Joe, you might have to remind me if you know some of the, if you remember exactly the timeline on that one. But in any case, he was feeling really sick and he had kind of this fever dream of a metal skeleton, metal torso, disembodied, crawling towards him in the kitchen, holding knives, trying to kill him. And that was kind of the inspiration for this have at least a couple quotes here. So one of them from him was saying, my contemporaries were all doing slasher movies. John Carpenter was the guy I idolized the most. He had made Halloween for 30,000 or something. That was everyone's break and dream to do a stylish horror movie. It was a very slasher film type image, and it really was the launching pad for the story. Got other places where he's referred to it as a science fiction action thriller. Uh, you've got Gail Ann Hurd, some comments from her. She said, uh, The Terminator... I think, first of all, is an incredible name. Someone was asking about the name of the film. I couldn't have thought of a better one, but it does obscure the fact that it's a love story about Sarah Connor and the man who crossed time to save her. And if he hadn't done that, she would not have had a child that led to the human resistance against robots. But at the end of the day, it's a love story. And on top of that, it's a cool techno thriller action film. See, I was right, because when you presented me with the whole, like, three descriptors thing, I said it was sci-fi, action, romance. Ta-da! <laughs> well, I'll certainly, you know, say there's a romance story there for me, but when we're talking about what the third descriptor was for me, I feel like there's more horror than there is romance for oh, me. Oh, I disagree. He crossed time and space for her. Oof! <laughs> He, he came across time. All right. He's been some kind of scientific law. That's a big deal in my book. <laughs> it's true. Like, I would let him take me to Applebee's. He came across time to take her to Applebee's. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that's an advertisement. It was the only way to still be able to use that coupon, and it expired. But if you go back in time, it's no problem. You've got this. I mean, his name is Kyle. We're going to Applebee's. It's, it's a hard right. fact. <laughs> For me, like, the love story, like, I, I, I like the love story, and I think it's a strong 
a strong thing about it. And I think it's really sweet, but I guess for me, it ended up being a little bit too much, like kind of Romeo and Juliet. Like we've known each other for like a couple days, but we're definitely deeply madly in love and nothing else matters. Uh, just, uh, I guess was a, it just didn't quite, it just had some holes in it. It had too many holes in it, I guess. It didn't feel earned somehow, I guess. I can see a little bit more on Kyle's side than Sarah's side, right? Because mm-hmm. now we're we're changing the podcast name briefly to Is It Romance? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've got Kyle who had probably a, you know, a lifetime of hearing the legend of John Connor and then getting close with John Connor and then hearing all about Sarah Connor and hearing all these stories and then getting the one picture and probably John, you know, nudging and being like, let me tell you another cool story about my mom. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So like it almost, it makes sense on his side, right? For him to have fallen in love with her with all of that, right? But then for Sarah, she's like, oh man, this thing's trying to kill me. This guy's trying to save me. You know what? I think I <laughs> yeah like I, I agree it does make more sense on his side and but then on her side it's like i just met this guy and like it's almost a little bit of a like stockholm syndrome because like kyle's there to protect her but he's also like not letting her out of his sight and it's like you're coming with me i'm keeping yeah. you alive like she doesn't really have a choice in this not not to say that he's the bad guy he's certainly the good guy but from her perspective like I don't know. I guess I don't quite understand why she's all of a sudden in love with him so much that, you know, she says in those couple of days, the, you know, we loved a lifetime. Like, I guess that it doesn't quite feel earned on her side for me. Look, the, the 80s jeans and the 80s feathering and the blow wave, that is the language of romance. You wouldn't understand. Hart wrote a <laughs> song about it, but it is, honey, it is real. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Do you think it would be different if the movie took place over like several weeks or months of them being hunted? Heck no, she wouldn't have put up with that shit. She would have left him by then. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been like, screw this man, I'm out. I'm sick of living in Save hell. your own damn future. <laughs> <laughs> and eating plastic, plastique. Plastique, yeah, it's what is it, the, like French C4, basically. <laughs> and also, I can't go to Applebee's every damn night. You have just like a trench coat full of <laughs> coupons. You said you couldn't take anything else through, so how did you get all the coupons, Kyle? That's right, that's right. What we don't see is like the third installment that did not get green-lighted, where it's just them arguing about pampers and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the star that burns twice as bright burns half as long, I guess. So maybe their romance was better to have ended quick. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's maybe what my problem ends up being. <laughs> well, at least on the horror side, I mean, feel free to bring up any romance sides. I think that it is, at least with this film, undeniable to say that it has a slasher movie skeleton, right? Like, whatever else got put on the bones of it at least the core of it is the slasher story. So if it's, you've got the slasher in the Terminator, he actually fits the bill better than most slashers, right? Because you can explain why he can take all the damage. You can explain why he's going to continue coming after you. I mean, Kyle Reese describes it really well, saying that the Terminator's out there. 
It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. And that's that's every that's every slasher, right? That's Michael Myers. That's Jason Voorhees. That's Freddy Krueger. So in some ways, whether it's horror or not horror, we've got someone that fits the bill of the slasher in the movie. We've got Sarah's the final girl. We've got our harbinger slash, you know, if you'll allow me to use uh, behind the mask. The rise of Leslie Vernon terms, we've got our Ahab and Harbinger rolled into one with Kyle, who's both the crazy guy telling you of the danger, as well as the obsessed guy trying to help stop this killer. So, I mean, you've got a lot of those slasher tropes in there. So, that being the case, why does it not work as a horror film for those of you who said no, for those of you who said yes? Why is that? Said so We've got a slasher movie at the core. Why isn't a horror movie? Why is it? I think there's too much information laid out. I think that part of some, I don't know, the difference between action suspense and horror suspense is I always know what's going to happen in action suspense. The hero's going to live, the bad guy's going to die, there's going to be some tense moments in between, and everybody's happy at the end of the day. Horror has an element of unknown to it in terms of, well, what is this creature? Why is it stalking us? That's half of it being scary. You know, we've got this dude with the perfect blow wave in his hair appearing and being like, come with me if you want to live and here's my super tight jeans and, you know, look at my big guns. I don't know. It was enjoyable, but predictable. I think that's a fair point. I think there is a bit more predictability about this than most horror movies. I won't argue that much. I guess for me, just because of how closely it follows the tropes and the the storyline of many slasher movies it was it's too much for me to ignore to not kind of accept it at least as a at least somewhat of a horror movie it's as i said earlier definitely more on the action side but it just followed it too closely for me to not call it that i'm struggling with this question particularly because i haven't really decided in my mind whether or not a slasher has to be horror because I used to think that it did, but this movie is making me rethink that because I, I do think this fits a slasher because when I think slasher, I think mindless killing and that's exactly what Terminator does, especially at the beginning of the movie where he's slain her roommate and roommate's boyfriend and other people out in public in the bar. I mean, that's definitely on par with a slasher but on the other hand i feel like maybe it's not mindless killing i mean he is killing people but he has a motive he's looking for a specific person and everybody else's collateral damage whereas like someone like michael myers or jason Voorhees, they're killing just to kill like that's the motive to kill most of the time in horror movies or and at least in slasher movies i should say it's the killing is the motive. Whereas this is something else. So is this still a slasher? I don't know. I'm struggling with that. I mean, in some ways, though, at least as far as the motive goes, right? You've got some killers enjoy the killing, some it's a means to an end. So looking at, say, Jason Voorhees is a better example in this case than Michael Myers. Jason Voorhees is killing people, but he's killing people who have basically 
bugged him. They came across his path. They killed his mother as far as he's concerned. And so those are the reasons that he's killing, right? If you never go into his woods, he doesn't have a problem with you. So the means to the end in that case is solitude and somewhat revenge, right? So I think, yeah, you've got someone like Michael Myers who's killing to kill, but in that sense of Jason's motives, I think they're not all that dissimilar from the Terminator. They have an end goal, you know, in the Terminator's case, it's a mission that he's been sent on. It's more militaristic in that way, but with Jason, it's still, you've got this goal in mind. The goal is solitude. The goal is revenge. But once that's achieved, he doesn't necessarily have to kill anybody anymore. Same as the Terminator. Once he's killed Sarah Connor, you know, what does he do? He just, I know, sits down somewhere and waits till his cells, you know, his power runs out, I guess. He's going to start a vineyard. Stop. He has dreams too. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe a drapery business. You never know. Reupholstering. It's his passion. This is just his side hustle until he gets discovered, you guys. Exactly. He's working on his rap career. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Can you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger rapping? That would be incredible. I would definitely listen to that. That'd be top of my Spotify. Forget this podcast, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. If Arnold Schwarzenegger puts together rap and he's just putting an album out on Spotify, by all means, check it out instead of this. That's fine. (laughs) I won't be offended. It might be like Arnold Schwarzenegger rap songs spoken word, though. Still okay with that. I'm I'm fine with like slam poetry, whatever he wants to put together at this point. I've never done those. I'd like, probably listen to it. Reading children's books, things that some oh, like go the fuck do. to sleep. Oh, that'd be so great, <laughs> right? <laughs> that is my favorite kids' book. Just yeah. So back to Mitt's thing about the Terminator at the beginning of the movie, kind of kind of running through some random innocent collateral damage type people. I'd found a quote from uh, VHS revival uh, that I liked. And it was those early images of Arnie storming the private abodes of everyday residents and unflinchingly disposing of them are as terrifying as anything the horror genre had to offer. Uh, This was a movie that cut close to the bone. Just you had basically said those exact same things, Mitt. So that it made me think of that. (laughs) That was all. I still, I'm not sure if a slasher has to be horror, though. That's what I'm stuck on. Yeah, that's a good question. I would challenge you to find a slasher that isn't horror, though, because I'm, I'm willing to get on board with that, but I think you're going to have a hard time finding it. Well, what about this one? Is this a slasher? No. Because you said it's not horror, so... I think that's the thing where it comes in, at least for me anyway, is if there, if there is, if you can have a slasher movie... That isn't horror. I think this is about as close as you get. But the one thing that I will say is there's a couple things. Well, there's at least three things that I look at with this film that I think maybe don't put it in the horror category and maybe knock it off the slasher category. So it's a little bit hard to say. And we can discuss these three three things in the moment. But at least one of the things is slashers slash. You know, it's in the name. And Arnold is strictly a gun guy in this he does punch a hole through the one guy's chest but he's not hacking anybody up yep and i don't mean to say that killers you can't have a killer in a horror movie that uses guns because you can there are movies where that happens there are horror movies where the killer uses a gun 
But these killings aren't personal. Mm -hmm. See, that's another detail I agree with. Just on the note of slasher slash, I feel like that's a, I mean, it's true, yes, but they don't just slash. Like, I, you know, they smash, they use blunt weapons, they... Chainsaw. Wait, that's slashing. They use chainsaws, they <laughs> th throw an axe through people's faces. I don't know if it's fair to say that slashers can only slash. That, end of point. Yeah, and... I mean, I'm using it for, I guess, the catchphrase to it. But you're right. It's not just cutting instruments. It's bludgeoning instruments. It's bare fists at times. Sometimes it's locking someone in a sleeping bag and hitting them against a tree until they're dead. But <laughs> I, the part, I guess, for me, that the bullets versus blades kind of thing goes into along with the gore side of it is that slasher movies tend to showcase the violence of that person's death. And it's not to say that you can't do that with a gun because any anyone who's ever had to deal with any sort of gun violence in real life, which thankfully I never have, knows that it is plenty violent, plenty terrifying, plenty horrific. As far as the way it's depicted in films, they usually don't go into that kind of detail. It's It's usually a shot and the person drops. And this movie is kind of no real exception mm -hmm. to that except for your main characters like a lot of your gun deaths happen off screen and uh you get a shot and then it's done whereas i think the thing that makes slashers this different from a slasher in execution if not an outline is that with a slasher enough focus or at least some of the focus is on the victim themselves so you're seeing them you're seeing their reaction to whatever's happening there's more time invested in that kill and the kill the kill is usually gorier like if you look at movies from the same time period those kills tend to be yeah gorier more focused and the blade the bludgeon whatever it is you're seeing the kind of damage that it's doing to that person whereas this movie more often than not turns away from the person after they've been shot you don't spend any time seeing their final moments and sometimes you don't even see when they're actually shot like for instance he kicks open the door to kill sarah connor the other sarah connor the earlier one in the neighborhood and you see her reaction to having the gun pointed at her but then the focus is entirely on arnold while he's firing at her Right, So we don't actually see what happens to her. And I think that if you want this to be horror and you want it to fit more in the slasher mold, then you have to spend some time on the victim. You have to spend some time on the gore. Mm. And so I think at least that's one of the ways in which this didn't hit that horror note for me. Yeah, he's just a hitman at the end of the day, you know? It, there's no, there, nobody draws out the kills. Nobody is like prolonging the fear or, you know, torture, you know, the normal stuff that we see in a, what I would consider a classic horror flick. I'm, I'm with Steve on this one. And I also think that in traditional slashers, you start with a cast, right? You start with a cast of several people. And over the course of the, the story, the cast gets cut down. So we're cutting down yeah. actual characters with names and personalities whereas here it's just faceless mm -hmm. people Most yeah there's of them. not really an investment in the people who die they're just unfortunately like just casualties i guess i i don't know 
So there are, you know, some, it's a smaller cast than I think most horror movies, but there's still like the girlfriend and the girlfriend's boyfriend. And you agreed to like, you don't care about them as much as some other characters, but I don't know, I guess I've seen, I guess other horror movies that I don't end up caring about most of the people who get killed. I guess I don't feel like that's necessary that I have to care about them. But yeah, I don't know. The deaths certainly are drawn out more in other horror movies. I will say if you just showed me the scene where he breaks in and kills the boyfriend and the roommate's boyfriend, and that's the only thing I knew about this movie, I 100% would agree with you that I was like, oh, I just saw a scene from a slasher movie. This is a slasher movie. I don't know what else happens in it, but I'm sure of what this is and what movie it must be part of. Because that scene does adhere really well, right? Like, it's it's the classic slasher movie trope. They just have sex, so that equals death. One of the characters is woefully unaware while the other one is getting murdered. The girl is more focused on as far as the death than the guy. Like, the guy's death is, you know, we don't really get to see his emotional side of it. He's just kind of being killed. Because slashers tend to focus on violence against women more than they do against men. So he gets the he gets tossed around a bit and then we see actually her emotions while she's getting shot one of the few where we actually focus more on her during that incident than arnold or at least equal time we'll say so i mean there's spots that hit those notes and that scene particularly hit that note a lot harder for me than than other parts of it but to quote tyler durden sticking feathers up your butt does not make you a chicken <laughs> i think with that in mind, there are several feathers, though, because <laughs> that I I'm think that scene is. I'm willing to hear you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about these feathers. Yes, yes, and uh, and their rectal placement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think I agree with Steve. Like that's probably the most horror scene in the movie to me. But there are others, and I think you know, like the opening scene. It, uh, where he punches the guy through the chest. It's a brief scene, and it's definitely not with somebody you care about, but it is very gory, and it's not the like quick gunshot death that is mostly seen throughout this movie. Um, and then you have other scenes, like when he like cuts his arm open with a with the Exacto knife. I mean, that's he does that scene is meant to make you go oh gross you know it's it's meant to give you that reaction and when he cuts like his eyeball open and that kind of thing yes he's a robot but it's still that scene is still meant to make you feel that way so anyways those are at least a few of the others that at least struck more of the horror note feather for me it's kind of like when we discussed Shaun of the Dead, do you remember how we were talking about, yeah, if you take it out of context, this could easily be a Shakespearean tragedy, but it's not. And that's, I don't know, something is, I, un, I completely agree with the points you've made, but I just, it's not horror for me. And honestly, I think that's a fair view, like, because it, it is very much more action bent. And I mean, I'm more arguing the horror side of it, but I totally see the point that it's not it's not quite all the way there to be just a strictly horror movie for sure. I feel like it could have been horror if like the arm came back alive. I don't know if there is a from, if it has a happy ending, it has to have like some sort of horror continuation, like some sort of last jump scare. Like I crave that. And I wish that if like, well, if this movie did have that, you might sway me with horror. It's all okay, about that but ending. 
the thing is, this is not a happy ending to this film. I'll I'll argue that. It's first off What? You don't think it's a happy ending? No, and here is all the reasons. Girl why. is riding in a Jeep <laughs> and has a dog and a shotgun. That is a good day. That is it's not a happy ending though, because alright, first off. She's describing Kyle Reese as the love of her life, and she lost him. She's riding off into the sunset, but alone. Not even the sunset. She's riding off into the storm. And that storm is metaphorical because they've already shown you the living hell that the future is going to be. And we don't know that Sarah survives into that future, so possibly into her death, and certainly into raising her kid to basically be an adult through hell. Nothing about this first movie indicates that any of that has ended, that any of that has changed. So, yes, she's riding off, but also, furthermore, she didn't put a top on her Jeep and it's going to rain. So that's going to suck, too. <laughs> I don't know. She had her awesome little floral Rambo headband on other th- under those feathered bangs. And, sir, it gave me hope for a new day. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was killing it for sure, but she was riding she into was. A, she was a, a ready. nuclear winter. She was learning Spanish. Like, girl was like, she was on, what is it, Babblefish? Hell yeah. Get a girl, live your best life. I mean, but put, you, put the top on your Jeep, because for real. But if you want any more indication that it wasn't a happy ending, I know that we're just talking about Terminator, but when we see her in Terminator 2, she's not had a good life since that moment. It's been shit. That is true. Fair. She's all messed up, you know? <laughs> she's all messed up. Another thing, okay, that I will say, and I think we've hit on it a little bit, but I guess at least I want to make mention is we've talked about the focus on gore with slasher movies, and I don't want to derail it if anybody has anything else they want to say on that moment. I just wanted to bring up, I guess, that as far as there are some bloody moments in this movie, but it's surprisingly not that gory a film. Like, yes, punch to the stomach at the beginning, that is a big one. But a lot of the people get shot off screen and you don't really linger with those. A lot of the cops in the police department, like he kills a lot of them, but you don't see a lot of those. And a lot of them are kind of like quick action shots with really not a lot of blood spurting out. Joe and I specifically went and watched all the kills in uh, Red Dawn that came out at the same time. And then looking at the kills in like Friday the 13th part four, which would have been the same year. And this is closer to the gore level of Red Dawn, which was PG-13, than it is to a slasher movie, to Friday the 13th Part 4, just as two examples of films that were contemporary to it. Yeah, with like some very slight alterations to just a couple of scenes, this could have been PG-13. I think it probably mostly got, it was an R rating, right? Probably just because they said fuck more than twice. Yeah, it was definitely an R, and then you do see uh, Arnold's swing and meat, so there's that, especially if you're watching oh, in Blu-ray. True. And some boobies. And some boobies. Yep. Oh, truth, yeah. Which was shocking to me, because, I mean, I've only ever seen parts of the the movie on TV, and obviously they're not going to yeah. show that. It's like, dang! I think I've always seen like a more edited version, too. Yeah. And then another thing that kind of took it to the action territory out of the horror territory was uh, car chases versus foot chases. Because in a slasher movie, you're usually killers on foot, the person's on foot. But somehow car chases tend to make it feel different. And again, I'm not sitting here telling you that there's no car chases in horror. One of my favorite horror series, Phantasm, has plenty of car chases. So it happens. It can be done. Uh, hot tension, There's so many. 
Yeah. High tension, joyride. Oh my God, so many. Yeah. So it does happen, but it happens a lot less in horror movies and slasher movies, and it happens a lot more in action movies. And so I think it's just one of those, the execution things, right? Like there's that skeletal structure of a slasher, but there's a lot of action things packed onto that skeleton. I guess um, I definitely see the point um, of that argument. I guess it didn't, it didn't have that effect on me. Like the car chases didn't take me out of the idea of it being horror, but I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. I think I think the car chases did take me out of the horror mentality, which is why I also mentioned at the beginning of the episode why the only moment for me that was horror was the end where the skeleton of Terminator or the 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 robotic, I guess yeah, the robotic skeleton is pursuing them on foot in a dangerous scene. I mean, they're in a dangerous factory area where the stakes are high and he's right behind them. And even though he's not moving that fast, he's relentless and he keeps pursuing and he's also very creepy looking. So that adds to it. So for me, those last 20 minutes were horror, but the rest of it, it seems like the stakes weren't as high. Which is funny because, and I, I'm, this is not me disagreeing with you. I do agree with everything you just said, but it's funny because in a way this had the highest stakes of any, if it is a slasher, but not horror, it has the highest stakes of any slasher ever, right? Like the fate of humanity is mm-hmm. on the line if he gets this final girl, as opposed to every other one where it's like, yeah, she dies and that's horrible, but it is just her. Oh, hold on. I beg to differ, Cabin in the Woods. Hello. Well, you're, you're right on that one. No disagreement here. <laughs> in general, the stakes are usually lower, we'll say probably said it on this podcast before but that is a great movie i like that one a lot so good i watched that i think i that's one of the horror films that i just like i just put it on like it doesn't even have to be halloween yeah that is a personal favorite of mine i just recently ordered the really nice steelbook of it from best buy so there's that treat yourself super psyched to get that so one of the random things that I was thinking, so going back to the, the bullets versus blades argument, again, feel free to jump in and stop me at any time and go back to anything else. But one of the things that was interesting, because Joe and I were talking about this, is if if the Terminator had used, say, a machete or something like that, and he's going through and he's killing everyone with a machete, then I think it would have been easier for me to interpret that as, okay, this is this is a horror movie, not a you know action sci-fi thriller. However, then you get Terminator 2, where your Terminator is literally running around stabbing people with knives that come out of them constantly. But still, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make the argument. I don't think I've heard anyone make the argument that Terminator 2 is a horror movie. But it's got the exact kind of killer that I feel like would have put this movie over the edge. So I guess I wanted to see what your opinions were on that. Obviously, Mitch, you've already said you haven't seen Terminator 2. But I guess... If that would make a difference for you still, if they used a blade instead of a gun, if that would have changed things. It comes down to the intent of the of the killer for me. T2, it, I'm sorry, what's Robert Patrick's character's name? What's his model name? Liquid, liquid Metal Dude. Okay, that guy. So his he's motivated. I mean, yes, he's... I, I would argue that he is frightening. He's very cold and calculating and that. He did a great job with that. But he's at the end of the day he's a machine on a mission like he's completing a job like this is his day job this is what he does 
that is not, I don't know, just doesn't, doesn't ring the same way for me. Yeah, I don't think it would have changed my opinion because I, I see a gun as a perfectly valid slasher weapon so already, but it does come down to motive, I think, for me too. I think one of the things for me that uh, makes uh, T2 less of a horror movie, uh, it's it's really hard because as we were talking about it, me and Steve, like there were, there are so many things that are just just like Terminator or even more horror-like than Terminator. One of the things that makes it different for me is it's um, it's like a slasher movie, but there's a slasher on each side. You know, there's something to fight back against the slasher with it's not this unstoppable force there is something that can stop it that's on the side of our heroes that was one thing for me that made it a little different so another thing that we kind of touched on i guess i wanted to bring up too because i want to make sure we talked about it before you know we would finish here but one of the other genres of horror that this does touch on obviously the slasher comparison is real obvious but you also get kind of an aspect of body horror in the Terminator. And we talked about the surgery sequence where he's, you know, cutting out his own eye and he's taking apart his own arm and going in that direction. So, and those, in those sequences, right? Like if you had a movie that was more full of those things, then you've got that body horror imagery locked down. So I guess if it's not a slasher and that doesn't make it horror, do you think the body horror elements are strong enough? If yes, why? If no, why? I don't think there was I don't think there was enough body horror. I agree that the scene where he is kind of doing his own little surgery with his exacto knife, I might add, not even a scalpel. Someone went to AC more. But <laughs> I'm like it was gross. But I don't, there just wasn't enough of it. For for me, in order for, for it to be a horror movie, that has to be something that's like almost continually pushed on you, that whole like build up the tension peak and then like, okay, we're, we're safe again. It needs to have that roller coaster effect. And that was just kind of – I felt like it was sort of just thrown in there just for um, like makeup effects. And what was the deal with the cutaway to like the very clearly rubberized animatronic Arnold Schwarzenegger oh bust? Gosh. What the I hell? And I thought, well, okay, it was 1984. Maybe they couldn't do the glowing eye thing effectively enough. But then they show him in the tractor trailer again, like half blown apart. And it was clearly the actor in a well-executed practical makeup look. And I'm like, what the f I don't know. Maybe the prop master got all like ballsy about it. I don't know. I did wonder about that too, because like you said, I, you know, you watch that sequence and you're like, okay, they just didn't, they didn't have a way of getting that done. And then later you do get a sequence where they've gotten that very thing done, but maybe they just didn't feel it was convincing enough close on because you kind of have to make that decision oh. of, uh, you get a quick glance, glance at him, right? With the, yeah. in the truck. But you have to yeah. show him head on for a while during the surgery sequence. I don't know. Maybe that's where the decision came in. I don't know. It was a it was definite choice. Also, I I was amused at the fact that with with the first explosion behind the Terminator, like the rest of the movie, his eyebrows are clear burned off. Like they totally latexed <laughs> his eyebrows, but he has a full head of hair that's perfectly styled. I don't know. Ah, choices. That all having been said, I think that the effects on here, though, are really, really good. I mean, like the actual 
robot itself, the actual Terminator itself, when there's no, you know, man meat on top of it, pun intended. But yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> when you're just seeing like the, the endoskeleton of the Terminator, that's pretty impressive work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As far as the like body horror stuff, I do agree that there's not enough of it to push it it alone over into the body horror horror movie. It's it's just it's brief enough and it does make you go you but I mean at the end of the day you still know that it's a robot. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like my thoughts on body horror are are too subjective because I don't know if it's I don't this is going to be a controversial statement, but I don't know if it's body horror if it's done to the person by themselves. Because when I think of body horror, I think of it's being done to a victim. Like I think of Saw. I think that's more horrific than someone, I guess, cutting or slashing themselves. But I know a lot of people would probably disagree. I will, I will have to disagree, but that's only because I've seen so many films with like a self-mutilation aspect to it that has cringed me out for years to come. Fair yeah, enough. I can see where you're going, but I, I guess I, I would... I think it's too subjective. Maybe, yeah. For me to comment on, like, the body horror part of it. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, that's fine. I guess I was... I was just going to disagree with you, Mitz, so that's all. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I guess just I was trying to think of good body horror examples, but I have to admit it's a genre that I'm usually not as much into in horror, so I haven't maybe seen as many in that category of course, the one that comes to mind immediately, because pretty much if you're talking body horror, you're talking David Cronenberg, but it's thinking of the fly. And in that instance, yes, him turning in the fly is done to himself, but not intentionally. So the category is a little bit different than what we're seeing here. I think that that's a good example. One of the other things I think is worth mentioning, at least in terms of this, and feel free to, you know, if you have anything else you want to add to that, chime in. But uh, one of the other arguments that I see in regard to whether or not Terminator is horror, is you have a lot of people say that the reason that we don't look at this movie as horror is because the rest of the franchise veers so far away from it. Most of the rest of the franchise is, you know, it's action, sci-fi, thriller kind of territory, and more firmly so. But that people, when this movie was released, thought of it as horror. And I tried to do as much research as I could to see kind of like reviews that came out around the time and see how people were talking about it, how they were viewing it. But really what it was coming to was mostly people were viewing it as an action movie. Um, I mean, they make some of the analogies because the Terminator is easier to look at as a slasher character, right? So you've got people referring to the Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger's role as the monster of the film and that it's a monster movie. But you've also got, you know, people like Ebert talking about it's a violent action movie. Uh, his exact quote was violent action movie, Dirty Harry and the Road Warrior meet the killer from Halloween. So like he's acknowledging the slasher origins, but calling it an action film. You've got Johnny Carson interviewing Schwarzenegger and talking about the film, introducing it as a futuristic action thriller poster taglines calling it you know saying it's got pounding non-stop action let's see another one that i found was saying that although the terminator is above all an action film packed with shootouts fire explosions and wild car chases emotional scenarios also add to the static tension and violence 
So I guess it just, for me, as far as I could find, I don't think I could find really anything supporting the argument that at the time people saw it as a horror film. I don't, I think that they recognize some of those origins, but mostly views it as an action film from what I could see. Yeah. It seems like critically or uh, people trying to say what it is, is has stayed fairly static with all that stuff in mind. The other thing I'll bring up too, is I've kind of been doing this a little bit more on these episodes is looking at how it gets tagged in various streaming platforms and and whatnot and uh, most of the tags for this you see a lot of sci-fi mentioned a lot of action mentioned a little bit of adventure and fantasy mentioned in genres but i haven't seen anyone tag it as horror and that's kind of looking at like wikipedia and google google play imdb youtube redbox amazon wherever i could see that it was on there so i didn't see anybody tagging it as horror as far as genre classification, just for people to search. That's interesting. I would have put horror over fantasy for sure. I thought so too. That was a little weird. Yeah, that is weird. And no romance tags. Sad. It is a romance. No, I didn't see any romance tags. I think it's romance. Oh, <laughs> it is. Ab- Come on. It had the cheesy 80s piano music for the sex scene. That means they're into each other and it is real. And it is on. (laughs) I mean, I made a case against the romance earlier, but I do like the romance story of this. I just feel like it doesn't hold up to much scrutiny is all. (laughs) I will say the only time that I had, I mean, apart from the Michael Myers thing, obviously, I got a horror vibe from when um, our boy Kyle tells her, I came across time for you. And it gave me the Bram Stoker's Dracula thing of, I've crossed oceans of time for you. I'm like, oh, honey, I see you. <laughs> so cute. Any other any other thoughts? Anything else anyone wanted to bring up in regards to this one? I had a random quote from an interview with James Cameron. So it was with BFI, which I am not very familiar with, but that's not the point. Point was, uh, he says, when I when I cast Arnold, the focus shifted away from Sarah and Reese's story to the Terminator because he made such a powerful impression. His character owes as much to the relentless killers of the slasher horror genre of the late 70s as to science fiction. There is as much Michael Myers in the character of the T-800 as there is to Roy Batty from Blade Runner or Yul Brenner's killer robot from Westworld. So I'm not really trying to make a point with that it just was interesting to me i mean we've already discussed all of that and that he does have a lot of uh slasher influences but i i think it it says to me that while maybe james cameron wasn't specifically trying to make a horror movie i had a real hard time trying to find anything that said uh for sure that he was but it was a very large inspiration for him just the horror movies you know specifically halloween but slashers in general and i guess knowing that that's kind of where it came from and also the fact that it came from like a nightmare of his oh and i found another other random quote from uh linda hamilton that uh, was um after filming the terminator she had recurring nightmares about the terminator at her parents house Uh, so that was another thing to me it was like i mean that was just her experience with it so it doesn't say whether it's horror or not but i guess i don't know that you have recurring nightmares about 
just a strictly action movie. So anyways, those were just a couple other points that I found interesting in my research. I think it's fair to say, right? As much as you don't have Friday the 13th, if Halloween never existed, you also don't have Terminator if Halloween never existed. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Is It Horror? Uh, Next time, we are going to be talking about Robert Eggers' Lighthouse, just in time for his new movie, The Northman, to come out on April 22nd. So we'll be out just a week before that. And uh, maybe a little bit late, if you aren't on the Robert Pattinson as Batman train, then you can uh, check out The Lighthouse with us and see some of his other acting chops that don't involve sparkly vampires. So join us for that. (laughs) Should be a good time. You goddamn farts. (laughs) <laughs> i do love robert pattinson but i died laughing it's it's a fun one yeah i it's a good one so yeah join us back here for that other than that thanks for joining us i've been steve i'm brianna i'm joe and i am mitts bye bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for joining us at is it horror We post new episodes every other Friday. Think we didn't give this movie a fair shake? Think we missed something? Do you have a suggestion for future episodes? Or did you just want to say hi? If so, you can follow us at IsItHorror on Twitter, on Instagram at IsItHorrorPod, or you can email us at IsItHorrorPodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay safe and keep asking yourself, Is It Horror?